This is Foolish Adventure Episode 30, How to Build Your Business by Buying Websites. Welcome to another episode of Foolish Adventure. I'm Izzy Hyman, and I'm here with my friend and colleague, Tim Conley. Hello, Tim. Hey, what's up, Izzy? Hey, Tim. So today we're going to add some additional segments. We're going to start with mail. In this case, we're going to start with a voicemail. So let's go ahead and listen to this voicemail, and then we'll respond to it. Hey guys, it's Lane, and my website is www.layoutaday.com, and love the show, really enjoying hearing you guys and uh, your banter back and forth. It's very refreshing from the seriousness of lots of podcasts out there, and not only is it fun, you have lots of great info, so thank you. I was listening to your two-part show on product creation, and you were talking about how you can charge more for an ebook than you can from a, for a printed book in the bookstore. And coming from a publishing background, that seems so odd to me, and I'm having a hard time getting over that. I wanted to know if you talk about pricing and why people are willing to pay more for an electronic book than they would be um, to than they would be for a, a book that they purchase at the bookstore. So that's one question. And two, Izzy, you had mentioned that you purchased some ebooks lately that were very, very helpful, and I was just interested in hearing if you had any recommendations on ebooks in the internet marketing space that you have found to be helpful. That's it. Thanks so much. Keep up the good work, and I'll see you next time, or I'll listen to you next time. Bye. Okay, Tim, I think you should probably start on the ebook answer in terms of uh, why you can charge more. Okay. Well, Lane, one of the reasons you're able to charge more for an ebook is that the a published book, the thing you find at a bookstore, we've been conditioned for a very long time of what the value of a book is. So a book costs $20, essentially. A hardback book's going to run you. Uh, in the last few years, a lot of them have started creeping up to like $25 for a hard, you know, hardcover book. So you can, you, you essentially max out at, at that price. It doesn't matter what's inside the book, uh, where in an ebook, the only thing that matters is what's in it. So uh, with a book, you can only, uh, people aren't buying it solely for its content and what it can do for them. They, they're conditioned to pay X amount of dollars for a book. With an ebook, there is no set price. We have not been conditioned that an ebook is worth uh, you know, ten dollars, twenty dollars. Uh, you can get ebooks, as we've said in that in the other episodes, that you can get an ebook. You can purchase them. I've seen them at around a hundred dollars before in the past. I've uh, I haven't seen too many trying to go above that. But you could, you technically could, because the other reason you're able to charge more is the content that's within the book, within that ebook. That's what people are actually buying. They, they don't care about its uh, packaging so much. Uh, they they want to know what's in it. So you can actually make an ebook that's technically a course a, as opposed to uh, just a, a read, a, a fictional read. And, and that's, that's another example is that if you look at ebooks that are fiction, they sell for significantly less than what you would pay for that same book, a fictional book in the bookstore. Uh, because there, the people are getting stuff for just its entertainment value, so they want a discount over having a book in their hands. But with the type of books that we're talking about, it's all about the content and how you um, how you express that content to your to your audience. 
Yeah, there's no way that you could sell an ebook that's a fiction, that's some sort of story or something for a hundred bucks. That's just, I mean, I guess it's possible. I don't know how many copies somebody would sell, maybe to a relative or a friend oh, or Stephen, something. But Stephen King could probably do it. Stephen right? King, yeah, he even then though, I don't know if he really could and and have it be successful. Well, you know? it would have to be a limited quantity, knowing that. But it's electronic, but it's electronic so, so people would just spread unlimited. it around, yeah, right? right? But it's quite possible that it could be done mm-hmm. uh, uh, in in the fiction world. Uh, just your average Joe, not going to happen. No, uh, but it, I think you make a really good point because it's all about what's in there in the ebook and what kind of a difference it's going to make. You see, that's the thing is that I think when somebody buys an ebook, they're thinking, how is this going to impact my life? How, what kind of a difference is this going to make in my business and my life or whatever? And so the bigger the difference, the more you can change or the bigger the perceived difference, I said change, change the more the you can charge. Uh, for it. So like, for example, if there was an ebook that I could purchase for a hundred dollars that I know based on my previous experience or based what I've heard from other people or based on whatever, somehow I'm convinced that when I buy this book, it's going to be worth thousands of dollars to me based, the information will be worth that. Then, then at that point, uh, I would, I wouldn't have a problem buying the book for a hundred bucks. And I can think of a few different books that I would have purchased, like in the bookstore that I would have easily paid a hundred dollars for because they've made more than a hundred dollars difference in my life. Like Tim Ferriss's four hour work week is one of them, for example. I mean, I I don't know if I would have paid a hundred dollars ahead of time, having not read it yet, you know, but now that I've read it, it's worth way more than a hundred dollars to me. And it has been already, you know? And, and the thing is, is if you would have taken the four hour work week and just turned it into an ebook and promoted it to, to the world as this uh, revolutionary business book, it, it easily would have sold for $47 uh, f- uh, for that ebook. Sure. Uh, unfortunately that, uh, in, in one respect, you know, Tim Ferriss could have done that and made, up front, a, a sizable chunk of change if he if he had gone the internet marketing route. But he had a different plan. He was trying to build this very large brand. And the best way to do that, even today, is to go out and get published by uh, the mainstream world, make it to the uh, make it to you know the top of the bestsellers list, and then then it sells even more. That you know he that's what his plan was. So seeing seeing that. It comes down to you know what are what are your goals you know why would you go one way or the other, but just the charging thing is is not the packaging it's it's the content and how you uh, present that content market it. I think we should say also that we're not saying to price your ebook at ninety seven dollars or eighty seven or seventy seven or forty seven. What I think it makes sense to price it according to what it should be priced at. You know, for your market, for your audience, for the value that's in the book, you have to price it according to what's in there. And, you know, I I do think that most people underprice things, especially, you know, uh, I don't know. I see it all the time where people are get, you know, pricing things at $5 or $10 or $19 or something like that. And to me, a lot of it has to do with the, well, I mean, I don't want to repeat myself, but it's all about the value. It's about what you get out of it. And if you think about it, there are books that we buy in the real world uh, that are not electronic that we pay a lot of money for. And those are called textbooks. Textbooks are very expensive because they're packed full of information. And the number of people that are going to buy it is pretty s- small, you know, relatively speaking. And so that's what another interesting thing about an ebook, too, is that you can make an ebook that's about some crazy small niche where a small number of people are interested in it. But because they're cr- 
crazy interested in it, you can charge more for it. It's a supply and demand thing. Actually, not really supply. It's right. just a demand thing. Right. <laughs> well, and value, that, that's, that's the tough part, right? Scarcity is, comes into uh, play. Because people are talking about what type of value is, is in it. Well, what you price it at lets people know how much you value it. That's a good point. So if you price it at five bucks, well, it's probably not very valuable. You could not, uh, it would be very hard to get somebody to perceive the information you have in your ebook as life changing if it's only five bucks. It just, uh, we're, we're wired that way. We, we just would not accept that. It, our brains will say, no, th- that is not going to change my life. It might, but at five bucks, it's just something I would pick up on the way out of the grocery store, uh, you know, as impulse, impulse buy. buy. Mm-hmm. So an impulse buy doesn't change lives. So, so that, that's, that's one of the reasons why a higher price can also uh, help you craft the perceived value of what it is that you're selling. Now, it's important that once, that once somebody reads it, they aren't disappointed. You know, so you, it's important... What? Go ahead. No, no, yeah, no. You I gave was, me I was going to say I but, agree. Right? Yeah, yeah. You don't you don't want to charge a high price to to say okay the perceived value of this is fifty dollars and that because that's what it's worth and then when they buy it it's not worth fifty dollars or even close to fifty dollars you get all kinds of refund requests and and right. complaints or something like that so it's important to over deliver so whatever it is if they pay fifty dollars then you put so much good stuff in there that it's f- worth far more than the fifty dollars they paid for it you know to most people. There's always going to be some people that think it's not worth it. You can't let those get you down. Right. All right. So the other answer to your other question, Lane, uh, some eBooks that I recently purchased that I recommend. Okay. So th- this is from a company called Word Tracker. I've just been reading some of these lately. Uh, one of them is called Keyword Basics, and it's a free eBook that you get. That's all about keyword. It's just like what it sounds. Keyword Basics. It's the basics of keyword research. And if keyword research is new to you, or SEO, search engine optimization, is new to you. Pay-per-click advertising, pay-per-click. If that stuff's new, then it's a good idea to get to know some of the basics of keywords. Uh, so that's a free ebook you get just from for signing up on their newsletter, I think. And then, the, it, which by the way, the newsletter itself is very valuable. I've read a lot of their articles, very good. And then the ebook itself is good. And then there's a book that they have its keyword research and another book that's all about uh, Google AdWords. And all of them, I think, are except for the free one, I think they're mostly priced around thirty or forty dollars each. I've bought every single ebook that they offer except for one now, I think, and uh, they're all they've all been worth the money. So more than worth the money. Hopefully that answers your question, Lane. Thank you so much for leaving the voicemail. Okay, Izzy. So in our in this discussion that we're going to have, I wanted to bring up this uh, this topic. I, I was recently hired by one of our listeners and. And this idea came up that I, ha- I had researched a couple of years ago for another client, and, and it's a way of building up your business through acquisition. And Ooh, that sounds exciting. Yeah, it, it, it actually is. Uh, there's, there's a way to uh, build, build up your business, your traffic, uh, your sales, the, the whole works by acquiring other sites in your niche so that you're not taking all the time to go out and build it. And and a thing we've talked about in in other other shows is that a lot of people undervalue what they really have, and and the world of buying websites is is still kind of like the wild west. So sometimes you can get a great website for 
pennies on the dollar. And then other times you might get stuck with, you know, a real dud. Uh, but there's, there's ways of going about finding, finding a website and, and uh, purchasing it and then, and then incorporating it into your own little online property, you know, your property network. Are these active websites that you're talking about? Like if you find a forum somewhere where people are posting and somebody's sick of running it and they don't want it anymore. And so they offer it up for sale, then you buy it, that kind of thing. Yes. Uh, uh, you can find websites for sale on the largest one out there. Largest auction site is called Flippa, F-L-I-P-P-A.com. Uh, it was started by the same company that uh, SitePoint, uh, they, they started 99designs and, and then they came up with Flippa because the auction side of SitePoint was uh, just huge. And, and so they just rolled it out as its, own, as its own business. And you can go on there and find some really, really great websites. So what I like to do is, you know, go on there periodically and just search niches. Because sometimes, like I said, it's, it's, it's easier to buy a, an active site than it is to build one in, in, in some instances, especially if you're building in your niche and you want to supplement that niche. Uh, it could be a site that has sales. It could just be a site that has a ton of traffic. Or it could be just a domain, I yeah, guess, but yes. no actual website there. Is that right? Or uh, no? you, you can do that. I'm, I don't have enough knowledge of domaining uh, to uh, to really give really good advice on buying a domain name, uh, I like buying stuff that you've got the domain name, you've got the website, right. you've got traffic. Yeah. Uh, if you're looking for sales, then then you look, can find one that has right. sales already. Right. So my my thing is for for my clients, I I like to re- recommend stuff that's got traffic because uh, I do a little calculation on. Uh, the amount of traffic that a site gets and and then how much it would cost to buy that traffic so if i was and and buying it i mean like advertising pay per click pay per click you know using google adwords so if google adwords says that uh, each uh, each time you get a a click you're paying a buck well then that lets me know how many uh, how much that traffic is worth from that website it's not exact, though, Tim, if you think about it, because that's not as targeted of track. If somebody clicks on your ad, that means they're looking for that thing at that time. And, you know, they're put, that's really good quality traffic for pay-per-click. Right. Where it's not as high quality traffic if you're just buying somebody else's website traffic because they aren't as tar- – it's not as targeted. It's well, related, so it's still valuable, but it's not as valuable as pay-per-click, right? Uh, to a certain extent. Yeah, I figured. Uh, it, it depends on how they came to the site. Okay. So if somebody does – and a search for a particular topic right. that's a that has commercial intent, which right. we've talked about in previous episodes, where there's a good chance that they're going to buy something, then that that person who clicks on that particular site could then buy directly from that site. You don't have to make them come back to your site. Good point. Okay. Yeah, that's they, true. They don't have to click through. They if can there's just, something for sale there already, they right. could just go there, buy it, and and it, and it could be your product. Yep. So, so you don't have to move them over. So is this a logistical nightmare going through this whole thing of buying a website and transferring the ownership of all the assets, the digital assets and all that stuff? It, it's scary at first. Yeah. And, and even then, even after you've done it a couple of times, 
it's still kind of scary because you don't know if the person's going to screw you or not. What do you mean? Uh, because even though with through an auction site, you can uh, I, I like to use their um, it's like ratings. Sort yeah, of. I, I try to look at the ratings of the of the person who's selling. But even that, you know, right. you can you can right. always you can always fudge that kind of stuff and you can always fudge the numbers. Uh, even though like somebody gives you a screenshot of how much traffic the place is getting and, and it looks like it's still, you know, traffic's growing and then turns out it's all like bogus traffic. Uh, you know, there's, there are all these, um, scary things out there that could happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, thankfully a lot of people are, are honest, you know, around the world. So, so that there, you have to be careful and you want to use uh, uh, escrow. You, uh, I, I, I recommend using escrow. Yes, it costs you more to do it, but I'd rather. Yeah, it reduces the risk. Yes. So, so using escrow is a great way of of buying a site. Flip is really good about the logistics of things, and and then it then it comes down to well, trust. I mean, you got to do your due diligence. You uh, due diligence means you've. You know, you got to be an investigator. You got to really dig down, ask lots of questions because you don't want to just end up with uh, something that's that's bogus. So if you and a lot of times when you're asking those questions of about traffic and where it's coming from and things like that, sometimes you can start seeing if somebody's lying, you'll catch them in a lie where they'll say one thing. And then in another email to you, they say something else. And then you're like, hey, that doesn't really match up. And this is kind of scary. I mean, you're making it sound a little, this is the kind of thing you run into, huh? Yes. But this also happens in buying a business offline. Right. I mean, in, in the real world, right? Who's the type of person that should be thinking about buying a business or buying a website? Anyone who's, if you have the cash, if you have the cash, then you should be thinking about it. Uh, even if you don't have the cash, huh? You should be thinking about it. Okay. Um, you may not, uh, but you should look into it huh. because sometimes, uh, say on an auction site, you could, you're, you're going to pay more as uh, in, in general, right? because obviously the person's putting it up for sale. They know it has some value, but you can also go looking around in your niche for uh, sites that don't look very active or sites that are active, but have no revenue. You can't find any way that they're making any money. There's no ads on it, or maybe they've got some Google AdWords or whatever on, on the site. They're most likely not making much money. So those are great ones where say the site's been around for three or four years and they're not ma- and you know, they're not making enough money from it because they got at most Google AdWords. They just haven't optimized it. Right, right. So the, it was just something that they started as a passion, a, a hobby, and, and they've built it. And after a few years, it starts to wear on you. And you've told that about absolutely about your yeah. business. If I hadn't figured out how to make money with my business, it probably would have been up for sale. Or for sure. yeah, or you would have just closed it down. Yeah. And that's what most people do is they get tired of it and they just close it down. And, and any site that has been built... And I was at I was at a conference uh, recently, and I overheard this person talking about she was just going to let some domain names go, and she wasn't going to. I was like, just put them up for sale, 
You might only get 60 bucks from it, but hey, that's better than just letting them go. That's six more domains. <laughs> especially, especially if you've owned it for a while. Yeah. Because in There's search, some incoming links that's yeah, worth well, something. Or, or maybe even if there isn't, a search engine optimization... Looks at age. Uh, it looks at age. Yeah. So the, the search engines look at the age of a website, and that helps. So if you can get a six-year-old website... Yeah, that already, already gives you a bonus. Yes. Because it's old. Right. So if you can find one of those in your niche and say, okay, so there's no traffic, but it's a six-year-old site. Well, if you can make sure you can recreate all the links, uh, the links that are coming in, you just recreate those pages using redirects and, and then you can use that SEO value and build up the traffic. So, so there's a lot of things that you can go out and buy and different, different tactics in buying a, a website. Okay, so I, I'm sure everybody's wondering, okay, now what do I do? Now that I have this information, what are some things that I can do? Okay, one is browse Flippa. I mean, that, that's, that's a, a simple way. How do they make their money? Flippa? How, yeah, how does a percentage. Flippa, they, okay, so they get a percentage of the sale? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so that's, and what do, what do websites go for? On the low end, <laughs> as li- low as you want? Li- literally, you can get websites under $100. Uh, they're mostly crap. I mean, yeah. they're, they're a, somebody made a domain name, took a, a template of some sort of uh, website, threw it on there, uh, bought some uh, or wrote their own uh, information inside of it, a little bit, you know, tiny amount of content. It's under a month or two old and, and there's no traffic. You know, they, they just Can made you filter it. For, for all this stuff. Can you say, I only want to see domains that are under this price that are at least this old can you filter? Uh, you know, I don't think so. That would be I awesome. Yeah, That'd be good I don't. Functionality. I don't know how how much you can filter. Uh, you can you start looking around. I like to just browse, and and the main thing to look for is your niche. Yeah, of course. Okay, and, and it doesn't have to be directly in your niche. And and this is something we've kind of talked about offline, where I've talked about your video business, and well, video it may not be in exactly in your niche of you know training people on how to do videography, right? Right. But there's a lot of websites out there that are that do reviews of equipment. Sure, that would probably be some good traffic uh, for your site because people buying a, a very expensive video camera are probably going to want to know how to use it. And and so there's that. That's the first thing you need to look for is what is it that I'm in? You know, what kind of business am I in? Oh, man, and you're killing me. Now I know how I'm going to spend my weekend. <laughs> you just killed me. I'm going to be going like flipping through Flippa pages. And okay, so what are the, like on Flippa, can you see prices that are just all the, I mean, are there like websites going for millions of dollars on Flippa too? Uh, typically not. Okay. Uh, there, I've seen, I've seen in the past a few that uh, back mostly on SitePoint. I don't spend a whole bunch of time on Flippa right now because I don't have any need to. Uh, but I've seen on SitePoint one that had gone, uh, was the asking price was around a million dollars or something. And, and valuations tend to be, uh, uh, X amount of, uh, their earnings so, earnings per year. Yeah. Uh, so it could be right. So, so it could be, um, so if a website's making a thousand dollars per year, 
then then it's going typically to, then it's probably going to sell for around a thousand dollars. Oh, okay. Okay, uh, depending on a few things, right? It how could, hands off it is. How hands off, whether or not it's increasing or decreasing, right? Because if if the previous month it did twelve fifty, and then the month before that it did fifteen hundred, and the month before that it did three thousand, uh, it lets you know that the site's going da- uh, going under. So so you don't want to pay 12 months worth right. at a thousand because well next month it might be under a thousand. Yep. So, so you look at those things, but if it's a site that, uh, three months ago it was making a thousand and then it was 1250 and then it was 1500 odds are next month, it's probably going to be at least 1500, maybe more. So it seems to me that, that if they're really going for one time's earnings, then you know, for, no, no uh, well, it doesn't. It's not necessarily that. I, oh, I, a lot oh, of times, just, okay. A lot of times, I've seen stuff go. Uh, if it's a really good domain name, yeah, uh, really good traffic and strong sales, a, a history of strong sales. So that's the other thing. If it's if it's an older site and they've got three years of uh, uh, sales history, well, that's a much more valuable website. Even if the even if the monthly is less. Yeah. So one that's three years old and has, uh, you know, three year history of a thousand dollars a month. That one's a lot more valuable than a website that makes fifteen hundred dollars a month, but has only been around for four or five months. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that would sell for like five times earnings, 10 times earnings, uh, probably three, three. OK, uh, uh, maybe uh, again. Yeah, right. Other, other factors, factors. Right. 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 Because uh, some domain names are just flat out worth a lot without any traffic anything. Mm-hmm. So so that can come in into play where you may have a domain name that's probably worth 10 15,000 all by itself but the thing's got you know crappy traffic and and stuff like that so how much are you going to pay? Probably a little bit more than $10,000. And so there's there's a lot of factors that go in, into buying uh, just like it they're going to buying an offline business. It is buying a business. Does Flippa provide you with like detailed instructions on how to go about doing it? Do they make it easy for you or do you have to know all this stuff already? They, they do have information that you can search. Um, but I, I came up with a lot of it mostly because of my experience with businesses over the years as to how I look at what's being sold. Because I, if, if I'm looking at stuff that's got sales numbers and it depends on my why I'm buying. If I'm just buying for traffic, then that's what I'm looking for. I don't care how much it's making, you know, per month, uh, as much as I care about the traffic that I could get. Because if I can get a lot of traffic, there's a good chance I could make even more money than what it's currently making. So sometimes that's the reason why I look at that particular site. Other times I'm looking for SEO. So I want something cheap, but has has uh, some decent page rank and 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 that way I can get some SEO value by sending links from that site over to my other site and and that that's got value that is awesome I love that yeah so so it really depends on why you're buying as to how much you're going to spend what you're will what you should be willing to spend and and this is just an auction site there's other ways of acquiring websites uh, one is just looking in your niche, uh, which we, I was starting to say a little bit before is you start looking around and you find that there's these sites that that they're not up for sale, 
but they've been around for a little while. You can tell they've got a little bit of traffic, some activity. The person's not making much money. And you just say, it looks like they're not making much money. And then you just contact them say, hey, you know, would you be interested in selling your site? And sometimes they say yes. Is there paperwork involved? Do you do paperwork? What kind of paperwork? Is it, is it like, uh, do you have to get it? Uh, uh, well, in, in, uh, in Flippa, you, you just follow, you know, their, their process. It's like a check. You, right. you add sites you put to your, cart you put and your, purchase. Yeah, you put your information in. You make your bid. You're kind of like using eBay. Got it. Right? You, you, you make your bid on, on how much you're willing to pay for this. Sometimes they have a buy it now price. Just like on eBay, it's like wow. somebody wants to sell it for X and you're worried that someone else will outbid you. So you just instantly do the buy it now so that you can get the site. Yeah, maybe you paid a, a premium, but you didn't lose the site. Uh, when you're, so when you're doing that, when you're uh, doing the uh, searching sites that are not for sale, you're just searching the Internet in your niche in, in that your agreement uh, it's it's most countries will hold up uh, an an email agreement. So keep all the emails that you exchange back and forth with a person. So uh, there's been people who have said that they would sell a domain name or a website for five thousand dollars, and then you go, okay, I, I will buy it, and here's the uh, here's the escrow and all this stuff, and and let's. You know, you sign up. There's there are escrow companies for selling online. So you uh, do you can put them through an escrow company, and you put the funds in, and then they transfer everything over to you, and then uh, uh, you get all the stuff. Then they get the money. Uh, so you uh, people have done this where they like okay they agree to it, and then they turn around and say no I'm not going to sell, and now I want seventy five hundred now. It's like well we already said. We, we each agreed to this particular price. You can actually take that person to court uh, because now they're in breach of contract uh, because uh, it's been shown. And, and again, I'm not an attorney, consultant attorney right? Yeah, so yeah, consultant yeah. attorney, uh, especially if this happens to you. But it, it is a chain of documents because even a verbal contract is still a, a contract. It's harder to enforce because you got to prove that you said right, it. right. Uh, but in, in this case, you have uh, these emails. So you can say, here's the, the conversation we had, and it's in written form. So uh, that person said, I agree to sell for 5000 and And you said, okay, I will buy it for 5000 So y- you have a written contract in the form of email. Uh, then, then it's a matter of, you know, is it worth going through the, the legal proceedings to get it? So, so there are those things. There, there's ways of protecting yourself. You can get uh, uh, online. You can find uh, purchase agreements, and I, and I recommend using a purchase agreement instead of just using your email because, well, there's problems with just using email. Uh, not as bad as a verbal contract, but still, it's email. There's no signature on it. Right. And you could have faked it. You know, you, uh, so, so there's things like that. Uh, but if you get, if you get a purchase agreement and you get that person to sign it, whether they sign it physically and then they fax you back the, that document, uh, with their physical signature, uh, or you can use digital signatures also. 
and there there's websites out there. There's companies that specialize in in uh, doing digital signatures. So those are valid in most most states. I believe all fifty states, but I, I'm not sure. Uh, but most most places will recognize a digital signature. Okay, so you know you, what you've done with me is you've created all this curiosity where I'm like I'm going to go browse that website and see what's available. I'm going to look and see if there's other stuff in my niche because if you know if that's a it, it might make sense just to buy a website to get more traffic than it would be to pay a lot for pay per clicks. For right. example, it might be a better value, a better use of the money. Yes, uh, I could also advertise on that site. I could we could do cross linking, cross promoting. There's lots of things you can do. To me, it would make sense to find a forum in particular because in if you buy a forum people are creating the content for you you don't have to worry so much about i mean yeah you're gonna have to get moderators and stuff like that but you're not gonna have to worry so much about posting new articles there all the time it just keeps getting bigger and bigger on its own right it has an active forum and those are great for the search engine value that's true uh, sending link juice back to your site uh, uh, more so than they are as a money maker right a lot of times they just don't make any money. Some do. Uh, some make a lot of money. Uh, it's harder to do, though. Uh, advertising in a forum, not very good. Mm. But the links that you can get back from it. Awesome. Uh, yes. Yes. Anything else you want to say about this, Tim? Oh, I, I don't know. I could go on. Yeah, I mean, but- like whatever, uh, whatever questions. Uh, actually, one, one thing. I, I mentioned that I do a formula and I'm not going to give a specific formula for everybody uh, because it's based upon, you know, what you're looking for. But when I'm looking at, uh, at the value of a click, so I look at Google AdWords and I find out in the, it, to advertise for these particular keywords, I'm going to pay, you know, whatever amount. So let's just say a buck. Uh, so that, that means each click I get from Google AdWords is going to cost me $1. So if I come over to a website and it's got a hundred a hundred unique visitors every single month, that means if I could get one hundred clicks from that, I would then it would be worth one hundred dollars per month to me. So how much would I be willing to pay for that? Well, maybe twelve hundred dollars. I'd pay like a full year's worth, and then maybe I can increase those uniques during uh, uh, for the future. And go from 100 to uh, 110, you know, increase the clicks by uh, the unique visitors by 10% that year. And that would be great, right? So then it becomes a cheaper buy for me. The more uniques I can bring to it, it's a cheaper buy. But not all 100 of those are going to click. Just not going to happen. People come to websites for all sorts of reasons. They come there and a lot of them just don't buy or they don't opt in or whatever. So you're probably going to need to, whatever your purpose is, say it's an opt-in, you might want to drop that down to, you know, 15%. So out of, out of 100 that month, I might get 15 opt-ins. What are 15 opt-ins worth to my company? Well, okay, maybe 15 bucks. So maybe more than $15. So then, then you have to start looking at as to how, how much you're willing to pay for those opt-ins. And, and if your opt-ins are worth $2, well, is it worth paying a buck for them? So the site may be worth 15 times 12. Uh, then, the, then the other factor might be how, how many sales, direct sales do you get from it? Might be two out of 100. 
So now how much uh, for a click that you would pay a buck for, well, how much is the site worth to you sales-wise? Uh, you know, that, so there's a lot of factors. So it's always a percentage of the u- absolute uniques that the site gets when I'm looking at traffic. Uh, when I want that traffic to benefit something else, I, I look at a, a percentage of its u- absolute unique visitors. I love it. That's awesome. All right, cool. So now now it's going to be hard. I imagine, I don't know, but I know for me, it's going to be hard for me not to later on jump on that website and start looking to see what's available in my niche. I'm just actually, I've never done it. And I'm really excited to go see what's out there to see if there might be some potential acquisitions. That's wild. Yeah, I, I would look at I would look at that just to see what's going on and what some of the people are asking for their websites. Also, frankly, I think I've got some stuff I might want to sell. You know, maybe some websites that I don't really develop anymore or that, have, you know, old domains, like you're saying, right. you know, old domains that have some Google juice and all that stuff where there's incoming links. That might be interesting. You know what? And this other thought that I had when you were when you were telling us about this is that it's possible that you could. I mean, I, I assume it's possible that you could buy a website from the site, fix it up, optimize it and then turn around and sell it well, for an increase. Uh, if you sort of like real estate, if you look at the name Flippa. Oh, pfft. it's <laughs> in, 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 in offline real estate, there's this term called flipping where you buy a house, fix it up a bit and then turn right around and sell it. Uh, Flippa, uh, the, uh, the auction site is essentially that a lot of people do it. Some people make one like they essentially build a house, this virtual property, they build it and then sell it. Other people come in, buy one up. Uh, that's that uh, just needs some optimization, you know, just needs a little, you know, TLC. You come in there, you inc- increase the uh, traffic to this site, maybe even increase the sales, and and now it becomes more valuable, and you turn around and sell it. So p- there are people who do you know, flip uh, online properties. All right. Well, this is something to go have a little fun exploring. That's all I can say about that. Yeah. Right. And and I, I really want to stress not just going to auction sites. Uh, you will find your best values being your own detective and looking in your niche and asking people if they want to sell their website. You'll get a much better deal that way. And now it's time for our new segment, which is Picks of the Week. And, you know, it's funny, Tim, because the other shows, audio shows that we're doing for paper clipping, like scrapbooking shows, paper clipping roundtable, paper clipping digi show, we have a segment that's called Picks of the Week. And in those, everybody talks about their pick of the week, and it's usually a scrapbooking tool. Well, for us, we decided to go ahead and add a pick of the week in this show, too, except it's going to be about tools that we use for our businesses and, you know, tools, information, websites, resources, Picks of the week. And I have my pick of the week this week is one of my favorite things. It is Google Website Optimizer. I'm addicted to this thing. All right. Okay. So I know you know what it is. So why is is this your pick of the week? It's my pick. What do you mean? Tell us why. Oh, it's an awesome tool. Okay. So here's the thing. Google Website Optimizer is a free tool that Google offers that takes your website and helps you optimize it by allowing you to do tests. And you can, the simplest type of test to do is A-B test. And just to give you an example, I have recently been working on my landing page for my Izzy Video membership, and I can, I can take one little element from that page and change it and have two different pages, like 
you know, izzyvideo.com forward slash membership and izzyvideo.com forward slash membership too. And then what happens is when a visitor visits my website, they're shown one page and then the next person's shown the other page and then the next person's shown the first page again. It just goes back and forth and it splits up my traffic between these two pages. And then I identify a basically a conversion page, which is the goal page. I want if somebody takes an action from this, which is they click on the sign up button to become a member. One of the things that happens is they end up checking out and they get a thank you page. And everybody who becomes a customer sees this thank you page. So the question is, which of these two versions of my landing page leads the most people to my conversion page, my thank you page? And Google Website Optimizer will track all that. It'll tell you, it'll not only will it offer up different versions of the same page, but it'll tell you which page is the better one. So you can take one little thing at a time, like a, you can change the color of the sign-up button and change and test red versus green or orange versus blue, or you can even do even what they call multivariate testing, which I'm not going to go into, which is where you can test a whole bunch of different elements on your site at the same time. But I, I love this. Right now I'm testing a couple different things on my website. I'm testing two different versions of my my uh, quote squeeze page for my email newsletter. If somebody wants to get some free videos, sample easy video tutorials, then they go to this page, free videos. And I have two different versions of it up. I didn't really love the form. So I thought, you know, I'm going to make another form that I think is probably better, but I don't want to just switch to this new form completely because I don't know that it's better. But if I test it, A, B, A, B, A, B over time, then I will know for sure whether or not it's better. And just after one day, it looks like it is better, by the way. I just put the test up yesterday, 24 hours later. It's already, I'm not going to make any changes yet. I'm going to give it some time. But this tool, Google Website Optimizer, free tool from Google, and it is awesome. Yeah, I I would say you you mentioned giving it time. And it's not really the time factor as as it is the number of people who are seeing something. Yeah, they recommend 100 per page. It, just as a beginning number. Right. Well, and it, it comes down to your traffic and, and to get something that's statistically um, valid. So uh, say 100 visitors to one site may not be uh, as statistically valid as 100 to a different site. And, and the reason is, is one gets 100 in a minute. Yeah. And another one gets 100 over two months. Right. Okay. Uh, the two-month time period actually makes those hundred less statistically valid. Hmm. Uh, I know there may be some, you know, mathematicians out there, statisticians that are going to say, "Oh no, you need to do this and this." Uh, it, it's it's harder to make a good valid decision when other factors could come into play over multiple, you know, a longer time period. So uh, a lot of a lot of people that I know uh, recommend, you know, trying to get like a thousand people. But uh, that's that's like a thousand visitors. Like you, you see a thousand visitors. Five hundred go one way. Five hundred go the other. You know, five hundred go to A. Five hundred go to B, and you can make a better decision. You know, a thousand to A and a thousand to B gives you an even better decision. Uh, the more more people you send to each page, the more valid the results are going to be. And I have to say that a lot of the, my increase in revenue of this last year over the previous year, I, I don't know how much, but a good, a nice percentage was due just to optimizing little things like colors of buttons and how headlines are written and stuff like that. Just by constantly, I mean, if you can, if you can eke out an additional 5% of, you know, more 5% more newsletter subscribers, that can be big, that can be a big deal, you know, so every percentage helps. 
So I, I really dig this tool. Google Website Optimizer for free from Google. And, you know, of course, they're using this information to figure out all kinds of stuff right. about what's going on on the web. Right. What's your pick? Okay, my pick is Yammer. Uh, we use it. Uh, I, I recommend everybody use it who's working on any kind of project or communicating with anyone uh, in their business. So it's yammer.com, Y-A-M-M-E-R.com. Uh, sign up for it. Uh, you, they, they have a free version and they also have a business version. Uh, the free version uh, is uh, all I've ever used. And, and it requires everyone who uses Yammer for, uh, for communicating between each other to have the same email address in the free version. The, now you can actually pay them uh, a monthly, I think it's monthly, and, and you can have uh, like people outside of your email address, like your company email address. So it would be like, uh, you know, foolishadventure.com. So Tim at foolishadventure.com would be one. And then Izzy at foolishadventure.com would be the other, right? So we both could use this free version and communicate with each other. Which we do. Yes. That's a, that's our main way of communicating for right. you and me. Yeah. Yes. I love it. I think it's a great project management tool. It's a great communication tool. And, and if you're on your website, you can leave it on, uh, when you're online, you just leave it on and, and you can ha start having conversations back and forth with other people in your company. And this could be someone who's doing outsourcing for you. Uh, so that maybe they're building your website Well, you give them a, a, uh, an email address that's your company email address, and then they can join in. And then you can also edit, you know, take them out later if, uh, if you're, when you're no longer using them. Um, but you have, you have this person who can come in, join, and you can communicate back and forth with each other on your project. It sort of reminds me of a chat room, except it's all, it's permanently there. It's like Twitter for two people or Twitter for five people or something or like that. Or a thousand people. Or a thousand people. It's like, it looks a lot like Twitter. You're not limited to the number of characters. And you can, you can put in, uh, you can put in your... Uh, you can put in files, images, uh, links, uh, uh, lots of stuff you can put into it. Actually upload to it and it stores right. it there, yeah, which is really cool. Yeah, stores it right there. And so that makes it a great project management tool because you can always come back and look. Uh, but the other part is it also has this social network capacity. So for a larger organization, you can actually start getting more people in your organization communicating with one another. We don't use it for that. Well, because it's just the two of us, it's just the two of us. Mm -hmm. So we don't have to pay attention to who else on our team is currently on because it's just the two of us using it. But I've used it for other projects that I've done where it's like, okay, I've got two or three people working on one project. I stick them into Yammer and then I have, uh, I'm able to track what's going on on that particular project based upon what everybody's saying. And I, I th it's an invaluable tool and it's actually fairly fun to use. It's simple. You don't, there's not a lot you can do with it, which kind of makes it useful because if it's too, it has too many, uh, bells and whistles, you're not going to know how to use all of them. So it's essentially, you know, a, uh, a uh, almost like a micro blogging tool. Uh, or if you use Facebook, then, you know, like anytime you make statements in Facebook, other people can comment on it. It works like that also. So uh, Yammer's my, my pick uh, for uh, small, small scale project management. 
Well, I certainly got a lot out of this show, Tim. Thank you. That was yeah, awesome. I, I think there's a great show and the format's interesting. So hopefully other people will like it. And you Let know, us know. Yeah. yeah come, come and leave a comment. Let us know if you like this new show format with the additional segments. Let us know. In the meantime, enjoy your foolish adventure. Thanks for listening to Foolish Adventure. If you found this information helpful and want more like it, please visit foolishadventure.com. Do you have specific questions you'd like us to answer? Leave a comment on the website. Who knows? Maybe we'll create a whole show to answer it. Also, we have a voicemail line where you can ask questions. The number is 480-331-4695. 